Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening to you, my sisters and brothers in Blog Talk Radio land. Thank you for joining us at Blog Talk Radio tonight for my sister, my friend. Uh, a, yes, a radio, a radio show that is geared toward young women, older women, sisters of all ages and races. Tonight, we have a pa- our panel is going to be Sister Beasley Beverly tonight, and I, your host, Lashonda Lewis. Uh, we're going to be discussing tonight domestic violence. Those of you that are listening, good after, good evening. Say good evening, Beverly. Good evening. Yes, we want to bring to you tonight. Uh, first, we'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. And on our panel tonight, we have Beverly and Lashandra. <laughs> and we want to talk to you this evening about domestic violence. You know that um, there has been some laws um made in here in Dallas, Texas for the prevent and a prevention and help for those who suffer domestic violence. Beverly, would you like to enlighten us a little bit about um what you found out today? Well, I was just focusing on the Dallas part. I know that there has been a recent law to um to curtail domestic violence. Um, Mayor Wildlands of Dallas has planned a rally for March 23rd, a man against abuse. Um, in his statement during Dallas Morning News, Michael uh, Mayor Rollins stated that a man doesn't hurt a woman, a man doesn't find jokes about hitting women funny, and a man doesn't turn the other way when he knows a woman is a victim of abuse. There's an 80 Estimated 85% of domestic violence victims are women. An estimated 1.3 million women are victims of physical assault. And these are generally women's, women ages 20 to 24 years old, although that isn't um, entirely true. We know that it goes from 20 to sometimes to 50 and 60 years old. Women have been victims of violence for many years sometimes in one relationship. Uh, There's also statistics to say that one-third of female homicide victims that are reported in police records are killed by an intimate partner. Less than one-fifth of victims reported an injury from an intimate partner violence sought treatment following the injury. So our country, from one minute to the next, is um, riddled with domestic violence uh, a lot of times causing death. Uh, our children are seeing domestic violence. It says it's estimated 30 to 60 percent of perpetrators of intimate partner violence also abuse the children in the household. So we've got a real serious problem. It didn't just occur. It's been occurring for years, but it's now getting more uh, publicity than before. And uh, women are coming out and talking about it like uh, they used to before. We keep it hidden, wouldn't talk about it. But now women are coming out and speaking about it. And, and not only are 
women also victims, but there are men who are victims of domestic violence as well. Yes, uh, we do have a lot of women who have um, gotten the nerve to um, want to have something done about this because it's, it's just become an epidemic, and um, the women today are just tired of going through this. But not only women are abused, there are men that are abused also. And they um, kind of speaking out. They're also kind of speaking out. But I wanted to also give a little information, Beverly, that I don't know if you spoke on because I ran away from the phone for a minute. But um, I, I have was looking up the information that says get educated. And we want to just tell our ladies that are listening tonight what domestic violence is. And I... Um, looked it up and it said domestic violence can be defined as a partner or behavior in any relationship that is used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. It says the abuse is physical, sexual, emotional, economic, or psychological actions that that threaten another one are the threats of actions that influence another person. This includes any behaviors that frighten, intimidate, terrorize, manipulate, hurt, humiliate, blame, injure, or wound someone. Domestic violence can happen to anyone of any race, age, sexual orientation, religion, or gender. It can happen to couples who are married, living together, or who are dating. Domestic violence also affects people's socioeconomically backgrounds and educational levels. So that's just telling me that in every or any walk of life, there can be domestic violence um, happen to our sisters or our brothers and uh, we have to be aware that if you're being intimidated or threatened, you're being violated. You're, you should can succumb to some kind of violence. And there's something that you can do about that. And did they go ahead and pass the law, Beverly, here in Dallas, or do you know how where the standing think, is on that? I think it was a, I think it was a federal law. Um, let me see if I can find it. Um, okay. The most serious thing I think that's coming now is that um, used to be it's always been an issue of domestic violence um, in the homes. It's not. It's nothing that's really new. Um, but what's happening now, more so than any other time before, is that there are more deaths with it now. More people are getting. Um, um, they're not just being physically abused; they're um, they're being killed. Um, men used to just beat their women and uh, their wives or girlfriends or whatever, and um, when they got tired, they'd walk away. Today, um, for some reason, women think that they can talk him out of it. Um, I know I've watched a few shows on it, and 
one of the things you notice that uh, the women will be more concerned about what they're leaving, uh, their home, their, 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 the things that they have, and they will go right into the neighborhood down the street as opposed to moving across the country. Um, they'll go right in the same neighborhood. They created a law called the Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act of 2013. It says, after a heated debate last week, Congress voted to reauthorize the Violence Against Women Act, VWWA, for another five years when President Obama signed the bill into law on March 7, 2013. Originally passed in 1994, the VAWA protects women from domestic and sexual abuse and has been used by victims in cases of workplace sexual harassment. The reauthorized measure will create and expand federal programs to assist communities with law enforcement and aid sexual abuse and domestic violence victims. It provides funding to improve the criminal justice response to sexual assault and make sure that victims have access to necessary services. The new law also offers protection for Native American, immigrant, gay, bisexual, and transgender victims. Now, that's the new part of that law where before the law just really covered um, just women of different ethnic groups. Now, this law covers Native women, which were not included before, immigrant, gay, bisexual, and transgender victims. So now it covers victims of both sexes, male and female. Okay, that's 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 good because uh, it needs to just cover everybody who's being abused because there is no need for one individual to abuse another one. My take on that is just if you find that you're being abused, just get out. <laughs> Just go walk off because uh, to tell the sisters tonight, Beverly, that they need to know that they don't have to stay in that abusive situation. Um, God will pro- uh, provide for them. He will make sure that whatever they're leaving or whatever they think they're going to lose by getting away from that, he can provide it for them. He can give them more than ever um, that they have ever had. But if they just step out on faith with him and take care of themselves and their children, because abuse is not a pretty sight. And you can recover material things. You can recover for the things that you lost. There are places that you can go that will help you reestablish yourself. They'll even retrain the, you know, the homemakers that think that they have to stay and be abused because they don't work. You can be trained to these days in those kind of situations to get you a, a good job that will take care of you and your children. So there's no reason for you to have to stay and be abused, right? Well, yes, but let's put ourselves in the woman's position. Um, you're a woman. I met a young lady on the train one morning. I was born to work. And um, she had two babies. It was two or three babies, I can't remember. And she had left the man she was living with, who I don't believe was her husband. And uh, 
she had left town and was coming to Dallas, but when she got to Dallas, there was nobody for her to live with. So I took her over to Dallas uh, Life Foundation, now called Dallas Life, to get her and the children someplace to stay. But a lot of times when, when I talked to her about where her clothing and stuff was, she said he had thrown her clothes away. And... Um, he was doing all types of little things to uh, make her know, okay, if you go out of here, you won't have a phone, you won't have any clothes, you won't have this, you won't have that, so you better come back. And sometimes the women um, are not as sure of what their future holds. Um that the fear is so strong in their lives that to tell a woman that God will provide and he'll do these things for you, we know he will, and, we, we you know, he's shown himself to, to, to do just that. But the problem with a woman that if you've got that young girl with two or three babies and it's wintertime, she has no coat, the kids just barely have a coat, she... Um, she had one stroller to try and hold two babies in, and uh, she had no money. Um, to tell her that at that time really doesn't meet her needs because we can tell her that after we get her situated and uh, give her, uh, take her out of the cold and give her some food and a place to stay. We can talk to her about Jesus, but... Right now, when that woman's going through that, it's our job to help her find that place where she can take the kids out of the cold and give them some food. And then we can talk to her about Christ, but we have to. I believe that Jesus always met the needs first of the people and to get them to understand what uh, he would do for them, what he can do for them, what he will do for them. But although... Uh, they're suffering, we can't talk to them about Jesus, but I think that our first uh, thing that he would have us do for them is to meet their needs, is to to help them get that place and help them get that food and help them take care of their kids because uh, that's the most important thing. Otherwise, they're going to go back into that violent situation because uh, they don't believe that there's anybody out here they can trust or anybody who wants to help them. Since they don't have any money, they don't have anything. They really just feel like they're stuck out here by themselves, which is what that young lady felt like. Okay, Beverly, I do I do agree with the meeting the need of the young ladies or the people that are in that situation. But I'm speaking upon the mindset, first of all, of the person who wants to get out of the abusive relationship they have to do some research first of all first of all i believe that they have to make up their mind that they're going to get out of that that they no longer want to be involved in that situation then after they make their mind up i'm feeling that they should do their research and find out what is available in the city that they're in that will help them because you can always um 
look it up. The Internet is so broad now and it has so much information on it that there's no reason that you can't go to it and find out um, what avenues are available for the person or they can go to their minister or their church or friends that have been in the situation or um, whomever that they can ask questions about it, you know, once if they're seeking to get out. I, that's what my issue is. Yeah, I understand. You know, but first you do really have to seek uh, God's provision for you, and there are resources and provisions out here if you just when you make up your mind to do it. That was how, that was really what I was just saying. So yeah. I agree with the fact that they do have to have their their needs met at that time. But there are lots of resources available through the internet. I think in Dallas you can call three one one and they'll provide information for shelters or for women's um women's home for battered women. They will provide information for you to get uh some place to stay or if you need a shelter overnight until you can get with a family member or a relative or a friend or Whatever, but the fact remains that there is help available that you have to seek it. You know, you just can't be so uh, wound up and say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do this when you can go and research the information that you need, either on the Internet or dialing 311 or calling a friend. That would be my first suggestion to them. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree also what you said about they have to have their mind made up because you don't want to get out here. And sometimes with the economy the way it is, with cutbacks and everything, organizations that were open now are no longer open, so it takes a lot more searching to find a place to go to. But I agree with you that they do have to have their mind made up because it's like the old people used to say, it's when you get tired of being tired of this is when your mind is made up. That's when you know I'm ready to go whether we have to sleep in the corner or we have to sleep in the car. We have to sleep here one night and there the next night. Any night sleeping even on the street is better than sleeping in a house where I don't know if he's going to come in and knock me upside my head or um when I cook something, he says it's not good enough, whether he's sober or drunk. You know, being fearful, you don't know how he's going to come in, you know, when he's going to come in, and sometimes they do it in the middle of the night. So I agree that you have to have your mind made up, but, it's, again, it's like the old people used to say, it's when you get, you've get you gotten tired of being tired, and you've gotten tired of being beaten and threatened, put down, and one of the things about domestic partners is that sometimes um, there's not only the physical abuse, there's also the verbal abuse. Right. And the partners will, particularly when a woman's had a baby or she's been ill or something, they will use that opportunity to tear the woman down even further. Uh, sometimes when she's maybe has been lost all the way from having her baby, or she's been sick and, you know, she doesn't quite bounce back right, right away, they will use those times to attack her 
um, about how she looks and about the way she acts and um, calling her she's unintelligent, she's this and she's that. And so they take that to tear the woman's self-esteem down. And so when someone's torn your self-esteem down and, you know, you're not looking your best, you're not feeling your best, it's kind of hard to get a grip on reality. And then you have to, like you said, you have to make that mind up that you're really going to leave now and not believe all those lies that that person has said to you that nobody else wants you, look at you, you know, you're raggedy and all that stuff. So um, it's really that person really having to have somebody that they can go to that continuously builds them up. Is he ter- I'm saying he, but generally it is men that uh, will tear the woman down, tear her self-esteem down so that, when she looks in the mirror, she doesn't see anybody because he's told her that she is a nobody. So it does take a lot of uh, strength to keep going. Right. Well, I wanted to uh, educate our listeners also and ask the listeners if you're interested in our conversation tonight or if you just want to give us some of your input, give us a call at 310 Three one zero nine eight two four one two six, and let us know what you think tonight. We're here to listen to you, to give you information that you may need on uh, domestic violence, and um, just listen to your comments. Uh, you just need somebody to talk to. Give us a call at three one zero nine eight two four one two six. Excuse me. I also wanted to tell you, ladies that are listening, about. Uh, you may be in an abusive, uh, emotional abusive relationship if your partner calls you names, insults you, or continually criticizes you, as Beverly said, does not trust you, and acts jealous or possessive, tries to isolate you from your family or your friends, won't let you go anywhere, tell you you can't do this and you can't do that. If they monitor where you go and who you call and who you spend time with, if they don't want you to work, if they control your finances or refuses to share their money with you, uh, they punish you by withholding affection or sex or just being uh, intimate, uh, expect you to ask for permission and you're a grown person, that's uh, that's emotional abuse. Uh, if they threaten to hurt you, the children, your family, or your pets, that's emotional abuse and uh, humiliates you, like Beverly said, if you're in public or in any kind of way. Those are signs of emotional abuse. Only, that's not just physical. Those are playing with your mind, and they tell you things about yourself that's not really that's not true at all. And we have to think beyond what they're telling us. We have to have confidence in ourselves that we not to let anybody take control of us as, um, in our mindset like that, because truly that is abuse. Um, if they damage your property or get angry at you and throw things, and uh, if they are pushing or slapping or hitting you um, or choked you, that's a that's physical abuse. Um, if you've been abandoned in a dangerous or unfamiliar place, uh, scared you by driving recklessly or used a weapon to threaten or hurt you, force you to leave your home, 
uh, just all there's all kinds of um, situations that we go through about uh, being dom- domestically abused, and we don't have to go through that. There are numbers that we can call. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there is a abuse hotline. I'm going to give you the number that you can call to be safe in case you are having some of these issues or you want to call and talk to somebody about being abused. Uh, we have a domestic violence hotline, and that number is 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-7233. And you can call these people, and they will give you advice, and they will be there to listen to you so that you know what you can do and where you can go. That's the abuse hotline. And uh, we want to give you that information so that if you're in a situation at this time and you want to talk to somebody about it, just call that hotline number. The domestic hotline number is one eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three. Give us a call at three one zero nine eight two four one two six if you want to talk to us tonight about this or give us your opinion. Those out there in Blog Talk Radio Land, help us tonight spread the word about the domestic violence that's going on in our city right now because children are being affected. You are being affected. Your family is being affected. Studies suggest that up to 10 million children witness some form of domestic violence annually, and we don't want our children exposed to uh, even their dads or their moms being victims of violence or being abused because it does affect the children. Um, I uh, had a friend whose child was being uh, abused by the mother, and he started acting out in school, and um, the counselor had to talk to the kid, and then the kid just spilled his guts and told everything that was going on in the house uh, about the abuse of the father and the, how the mother reacted and what was going on with her. And, and 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 after he talked to her, it seems like he was he got better because he had somebody that he could talk to. But we don't want to get that far in the relationship where our, our children start acting out or start having to talk to someone else about the abuse that they're going through. But I'm sure you've heard some other stories about the abuse, right? Of children. Beverly? Say what now? I said, I'm sure you've heard some horror stories about the abuse of how it affects the children, how domestic violence affects children. Do you have anything you can share about that? Oh, yeah. Um, But first I wanted to, um, um, I thought I had something. Let me see what I've got on on that issue. Um, I know it affects them in, in a way that, most of the time, uh, kids feel like they're the cause for why things have happened that way. Um, they're the reason why uh, mom and dad are fighting. Um, let me see. Um, oftentimes, um, I know with boys, when they see their fathers hitting on their mother, um, 
It's been reported at all times that the boys think that that's the way that the women are supposed to be treated. And a lot of times they lose respect for their, their moms because um, they figured that dad wouldn't have did that unless she had deserved it. Um, so a lot of times um, the domestic violence affects the kids long term. It's not only what they do short term, but it's long term. For some of the girls, a lot of times it will, for them, it will make them hate men because of what their dad did. Uh, it was a, some kids on Dr. Phil's show last week, and um, the mother had left the kids when they were young. She would get away from the father, and she had taken the kids with her, which they didn't know until like 30 years later. And um, she had, all the kids were at her house except for one who was over at mom's house. And when he came there, um, she went to do something. And when she came back out, he had taken the kids. And when she tried to get the kids before, he was very uh, abusive to her. And uh, when she tried to get the kids back from him, he threatened to kill all the kids. And he told her what he would do to the kids, so she left him alone. But when he took the father, took the kids, it was three. It was two girls and a boy. One little girl was like a couple months old when the mother um, was forced to leave. And then the boy was a little older, and then there was another girl. And uh, he was very abusive to these kids. Um, He beat them, I think, um, the little boy, he would just beat him in the chest and do all kinds of physical acts to him and just beat him up all the time. And the girls, he would physically, I don't know if he sexually abused them, but I know he physically abused them to the point that um, when he when he died, the father died, um, there was no love lost on behalf of the three kids, and they were hurt that their mother, well, they thought that mother hadn't come looking for them, but she tried to explain to them that he had threatened to kill all three of them if she pursued it with the police any further to try and get them. So a lot of times the kids also become the victims of abuse. Um, not only the mother, sometimes the father will go further and, and beat up the children. Sometimes that's the thing that will, the one incident that will force the mother to leave when the father becomes abusive to the kids, oftentimes they will try and stay if it's just them as long as he doesn't hit the kids or once he hits the kids. For some mothers, it will be the attorneys to want stone and they will get up and they'll uh, get up enough nerve to leave. Um, but some the men have beaten them down so much that they can't even fight to protect their children. This one mother did decide to leave, and although the father came and found them, um, she had to let the kids go because of his threat to kill. And based on what the kids said, perhaps, and the way he treated them, um, it was more likely that he would do that because he was so abusive to the children that um, he probably would have killed the kids had she pursued her with the police anymore to come and get them just to uh, prove to her that he could uh, he could do it. So a lot of times the kids suffer mentally 
uh, psychologically, sexually, and, you know, morally. They suffer a lot of different ways due to the domestic violence in the home. So sometimes it hates, makes one child hate the other gender, the, the girls against men, and boys think they have to abuse women in order to control women. And then sometimes they become the victims as well. And so uh, for all these three children that were on Dr. Phil, they were extremely angry, particularly this one girl. And they were really angry uh, as to why they thought their mother never came back to them. So a lot of times the children really, really do suffer. Um, The mother does too, but uh, sometimes it's the mother and the children that do a lot of suffering at the hands of these abusers. And they can't do anything about it. You know, they just they no. have to just take that, and that's not so. I found something out in the on the cycle of domestic violence, and this will probably um, do for some of our listeners. Um, I don't usually tell a lot of personal things, but I was uh, in earlier in my young life, I was part uh, victim of domestic violence, so I know how women feel when they're victims of domestic violence. And I found something on the internet that said a cycle of violence, and so for any of the women that are listening, um, I want you to listen to this, and if this is you or any situation that occurred, sounds like something you're in, then you're in a situation of physical, psychological, sexual abuse. The incident, any type of abuse occurs, whether it's physical, sexual, or emotional. Tension builders, building. Abuser starts to get angry. Abuse may begin. There is a breakdown of communication. The victim feels the need to keep the abuser calm. Tension becomes too much. Victim feels like they're weight walking on eggshells, making up. Abuser may apologize for abuse. Abuser may promise it will never happen again. Abuser may blame the victim for causing the abuse. Abuser may deny abuse took place or say it was not as bad as the victim claims. Calm. Abuser acts like the abuse never happened. Physical abuse may not be taking place. Promises made during making up may be met. Victim may hope that the abuse is over. Abuser may give gifts to the victim. The cycle can happen hundreds of times in an abusive relationship. Each stage lasts a different amount of time in a relationship. The total cycle can take anywhere from a few hours to a year or more to complete. It is important to remember that not all domestic relationships fit the cycle. Often, as time goes on, the making up and the calm stages disappear. So a lot of times um, you can get that abuser to calm down, but the more and more the, the abuse occurs, the less likely that he's going to calm down. That's when you see the abuser starts to beat the people and they're winding up in the hospital. They start beating them to the point where they start taking real serious violent acts against them. Whereas when your woman comes out, first she used to have a little small bruise that you couldn't see. Now she comes out with a black eye. The next time you hear her, she's going to the hospital. 
Next time she's got some leg injuries because he's beat her on the leg because she can't walk, barely walk. Or he's beat her to a point where she's in the hospital and they're wondering if she's going to make it. And then the next time she's afraid to come outside because he's beat her to the point where she's scared to go outside. He's told her she better not talk to anybody. So she sits in the house, but she's scared to talk to anybody and scared to let anybody talk to her. So that violence occurs to the point where he starts threatening her life and she's not sure if she can trust anybody to tell them to help her. So the cycle of abuse can go from calm to calming to violence to making up to telling you that it didn't occur, that you caused it. If you hadn't did that, I wouldn't have hit you. You know, the making up, you know, I'll never hit you again, and the next time he hit you, it was your fault. And why did you tell people that, and why did you look at that man, and why did... You know, you must have known him or you must have gave him the eye that caused him to look at you. So think of all these things that have happened in your your relationships, in your marriages. Uh, Young girls now are going through this where they're going through it with young boys uh, abusing them. So we have another generation that's coming up with, with issues of abuse. Yes, we do. I found that same thing on the Internet, Beverly, and I was going to get with it, but I'm glad that you brought it out because uh, what our ladies need to know that there is a cycle. There are cycles of um, violence where, as you said, they have the tension building and they have the making up part, and then you have to keep them calm. And actually, they can sit around and they don't beat you. Then they go come back in 15 minutes. They act like nothing else has happened. Um, you know, it, you might not even be, they might be verbally abusing you, and then, then they think that that's okay for them to talk to you like that or um they may they make you promises while you're making up with them while they're making love to you. They they're gonna promise you something, and then they usually come through with the promise that they made. But it will occur again, and so you have to look for these signs uh, that Beverly read off to you, ladies. We have to be very cognizant of the things that are are happening in these cycles because once that you notice that these things are happening, then you start preparing yourself to decide whether, hey, am I going to deal with this? Am I going to live with this? Am I going to be able to take this? What effect does this have on my children? How am I going to explain to them why their father acts like this or why my my friend uh, who's just my boyfriend acts like this? That's the thing that we have to be most cognizant of, that uh, how are we going to handle it? Are you going to stay and take it? Or are you going to try to keep them calm or keep doing what they want you to do? And then you, you, uh, your self-esteem goes away. You feel lower than what they even say that you are. That's not that's not what ladies are supposed to have to deal with. That kind of abuse, uh, even mentally or physically. So we have to look for these. These cycles, there are, as Beverly stated, there are cycles of violence, and we want you to be aware of them tonight. We want you to 
think about this because this is a this is an important issue. It's it's a hard issue that our ladies have to deal with, especially those who are homemakers, those who have been in love with the same man for 155 years, <laughs> and those that that's your first love. Sometimes we get caught up, you know. Sometimes and we just love so hard because women love with their heart and their mind and their soul. Men, they just, I don't know what, what they love with, Beverly. <laughs> I think it's with their mind. Some of them love with their heart, but sometimes, you know, you got to realize that some of these guys, um, that's why I guess they tell you not to jump into a marriage with somebody, not to jump into a relationship with somebody. Because sometimes men bring in baggage as well as women bring in baggage. Oh, and you need to get to know that person um, for yourself, what that person's like, and know what that person's going has gone through. Um, because, And then sometimes it really doesn't show up for a while. That's the bad part is that you may not see it right away. You may not see that violent side of him until... Maybe he loses that first job, and then you see how he handles situations uh, when something violent goes wrong or he's threatened by um, something that may just be a bunch of nonsense or he becomes addicted to alcohol or to drugs. You'll see that other side of him come out. So oftentimes women don't really look at the relationship they look at the man and he's kind, he's funny, he makes me laugh, you know, he's good looking, he's this, he's that, but they haven't seen the real the other side of that man. And so sometimes it does behoove a person to really take a moment and step back from him and see him in all settings and you'll know get a better idea of what kind of person he is. If you you're dating a man and he's extremely jealous that's the red flag, and that's a real big red flag because he's gonna that jealousy is not gonna go away because you say I do. That jealousy is gonna get worse because yeah. he's gonna accuse you when a man looks at you. He's gonna like, well, you must have did something fun to look at you, you know. Then he's gonna tell you how to dress, how not to dress, where you can go, where you can't go, you know, where you went with before. Now you can't go there. So I think women need to. If you're dating someone, just pay attention to how he acts when you're in certain situations. And don't say, oh, he's just being jealous. Isn't that cute? Well, it may not be so cute when, you know, a guy does flirt with you and all of a sudden you get in the car with him and he beats you upside your head. Well, that's not going to be cute at all. It's not. So and, I think women um, need to look a little more. Yeah. And also, ladies, if you the ones that are listening tonight, um, I when I, I took a premarital class and it also taught us about when you're beginning to date and we were told that the first forty eight hours is the most honest period of the relationship. If you want to know anything about the guy that you think that you want to date or anything that that's important to you for the relationship, ask them the first forty eight hours of your conversation with him or while you're talking and getting to know them because that point at that point there is when they're most honorable 
are honest and most vulnerable because they don't really know you and they don't really know uh, how you're going to react to certain things. Don't wait to get to know them um, three or four weeks later before you start asking the questions that you're really curious about. Ask them up front. Ask them right away. The first 48 hours, we were taught that, and that way you'll know, well, hey, do I want to go ahead and keep having a relationship with this person if he decides this or if he decides that um, if he does not answer the question the way you think he should ask Go ahead and drill him. Go ahead, because if he's going to be for you, he's going to answer the questions, and he's going to be honest because he really doesn't know you. So we were taught that. I think that was a very good tip uh, in initial dating for you ladies out there who's getting to know someone. If you meet them, you know, within the first 48 hours, I want to know. Just everything. And it is good for you to always be honest and upfront with, when you first meet them, you have to make sure that you know all of uh, all the things that uh, that's important to you because you don't want to get in a relationship and y'all are not on the same page. Because you want to know that if uh, if you know if he's going to be honest with you, he's going to tell you, yes, I like this, I like that. This is the way I am about this, and this is the way I am about that. And that way you can curtail anything that you don't like, anything that you don't think you want to deal with. That's that's where you learn this about the person that you're beginning to date, and that'll help you keep from falling into situations of abuse. You want to know if he his father was abusive to his mother, or his, if his mother was abusive to um, his father. He's going to answer you. You know, you need to know these things. Don't just take for granted. Well, I asked him next week because he's not, and if he's abusive, he's certainly not going to answer that question. Answer that question two or three weeks later. So, so I advise all women to just ask everything you want the first forty-eight hours. <laughs> just drill them. What you think, Bill? I think that's a good thing. Also, they also they tell you to you know watch how a man treats his mother and his sister. It gives you a good clue as to what type of man he is because he's got patience with his mama and sister, grandmother and stuff. He'll pretty much have patience with you. I know I did that with my husband. I was watching. I'll see how he dealt with his mother and his grandmother and stuff. And although he's sometimes not the most patient man, but he was very patient with his mom and his grandmother. So I like that about him. I like the way he treated them and was always with respect. But um, one last thing before, as we're closing down, um, one thing about if if you're dating someone, don't be so quick and so eager to jump into a uh, serious relationship with someone. Uh, Take it slow and and become friends with that person so that you can learn some of their, um, the mysteries of that person, what they like and what they don't like and who they are. Just kind of learn a few of those things, but if you happen to be in a domestic relationship, um, pay attention to the signs, the domestic violence signs. If he's, you know, if he's starting to change his personality, if he's starting to drink more, if he's starting to hang out with his friends more, just start paying attention to a little bit more of his personality changes, and if things start to become a little more difficult for you, you know. 
start making that preparation to leave. You don't have to wake up on Monday and say, I'm leaving on Tuesday. But start making plans to leave. And uh, don't worry about what you're leaving in that house. Just worry about that you're taking you out of there and just go do the very best that you can. That's so true. That is so true. Because, uh, like I said at the beginning, you'll be able to recover whatever is meant for you and the things that you love, that you're leaving. You can always get them again because that's only a material item. Uh, material items can be repurchased, redone. Uh, you can find better than you had before. Don't just sacrifice your life, your mind, your time for some material items because they can be replaced and they can be replaced. But if better. you don't get them, if you don't get them back, then they weren't meant for you. Don't right. worry about it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a one room with just me in it than nothing than to have a whole room, a house full of stuff. And I'm crying every day because I got a black eye and and uh, a bruise, a blue rib cage. I'd, I'd rather be in a room with nothing. I'm scared, and then you be frightened all the time, and just yeah. be so unhappy and miserable when you don't have to be. You know, that's that's not you, and it's not. Don't ever no. let anybody take your character away from you, because a man does not define you. He he does not. You don't have to have a man to define you. You have to have a man to walk beside you, undergird you, make you happy, take care of you, but not at the expense of abuse, verbal, physical, or emotional, ladies. So that's a good point. That's a good point to make. That women don't have to have men to define them. Some women believe they do. And you just don't have to have a man all the time. Sometimes you need to take time for yourself and figure out what you like out of life and what you want to do with yourself and how do you want to live and how the things that you like to do and what makes you feel good about yourself. Because, you know, I understand that most of the young ladies want to have a man beside them, but if they're not... uh, comparable to you or if they don't have anything and you've got to be doing all the giving and taking care of and you want to wait till he gets this and you don't know if he's going to ever get it, that's not a good sign. That's not. Oh, I understand no. you can, if you see potential and see most young ladies today, they, oh, he's well, he's got this potential. How long do it take for him to develop it? Okay, because if it takes more than three or four months for him to develop it, he uh, he's probably not going to develop it. You know, he's not going to do anything. But if you see the young man striving, I can understand staying with him if he's striving and you see he's striving and he's accomplishing things and he has goals and he has uh, he, and he's met some of his goals. He has long-term and short-term goals and you see them, okay. That would, that's a good sign, but just don't stay to stay just because he's handsome, just because he's fine, just because he's a drug dealer. You don't need that money either, okay? That's no. putting you in your life in jeopardy, also your children's life in jeopardy. I have a, uh, know a lot of young ladies who, who love drug dealers. What can that do for you? What happens if the drugs get cut off? What happens if he gets busted and goes to jail? What's going to happen to you then? Be an independent woman. Take care of your children and yourself and make yourself happy, and then um, a man will come along for you that's got the same 
goals in mind as you do, and, it'll, and then you'll be much happier. Beverly, we have about eight minutes. Are there any announcements that you would like to make at this time? Um, no, other than uh, your church announcement. It's uh, your program this Saturday. Um, okay. We're going to be working with a couple of churches on some outreach projects, so we'll be announcing those in a couple of weeks. Um, okay. I can ministries uh, contacted me today about helping them with some um, uh, youth programs in Terrell for the summer. So we've got a couple of things that we're going to be working on, and so we'll be making announcements perhaps in another week or so about several things that are going to go on. And uh, Dallas is one of a couple with our partners in Dallas and in Terrell. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Well, listeners, tonight I wanted to invite you to come out to our pastor and wife's 20th anniversary that will be held on Saturday, March the 23rd at the First Free Will Baptist Church. We will be celebrating with Elder Michael Morgan and Sister Yolanda Morgan of 20 years of service to the Shady Grove Primitive Baptist Church. They've been a blessing, and we want to bless them. We will be having a a banquet, also a little entertainment uh, for those who are in attendance. The uh, donation is $20, and we do have some wheel call tickets uh, that will be available if you'd like to come out. And uh, join us. That will be Saturday. At the festivities start at five o'clock. We'll be taking pictures from five to five forty-five. Dinner will be served at six from six to six forty-five, and then we will begin our uh, little program services at seven. That's going to be at the First Free Will Baptist Church at fourteen fifteen Union Road in Dallas, Texas. Join us if you can. We thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, my sister, my friend, we thank you, Beverly, for um, the research and the concern for the domestic violence. Uh, we hope that our the rest of our panel will be available next week so that we can continue to talk about women issues and uh, develop this uh, topic a little more, or we might have something brand new for you. Um, next on next week, but we thank you for joining us tonight, and may God bless you. And we want to continue to pray for Yvonne and the loss of her spouse, Miguel. Um, we did a little memorial to him on last uh, Monday, and we want you to keep her lifted up. Uh, would you please keep the Hendersons lifted up, Sister Minister um, Sonara Henderson, and. Pastor Dexter Henderson, and also our sister Carol Reed tonight. Um, She's having some medical issues going on as well. So we're just asking that you lift up um, LaShawn also, and her son tonight was going through some issues. So, you know, we all have some things going on in our lives that God can help. We just need to pray and ask him for his help. And uh, he says, we have not because we ask not. So we're asking that you continue to pray for each one of our panel members. And, Beverly, you can go ahead and close us out in prayer. Father God, we come to you this evening. Thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for touching our bodies. God, we thank you for this day. It's been a beautiful day. And we thank you for allowing us to see it, allowing us to 
come on this Blog Talk Radio and talk to women and men about the issues that face us each and every day. And, Lord, we ask you to bless Yvonne and her family as they grieve the loss of Miguel. We ask you to bless Janice Braggs and the Braggs family on the loss of Brother Charles Braggs, a devoted deacon in the Strong Arms Church of God in Christ in Pleasant Grove. We ask you to heal Carol Reeves and touch her body, Lord. We ask you to bless Brother and Sister uh, Henderson, Pastor Henderson, Lord. We ask you to meet the needs of that family. We ask you to touch and heal the sons. And son this evening that's in the hospital having his health issues. And, Lord, we ask you to just touch each and every man and woman that's listening tonight to meet the needs of any woman or man that's being um, a victim of domestic violence, any child that's seen domestic violence. Now, we know, Lord, that you are a healer, a waymaker, a burden bearer, a deliverer. And, Lord, we just trust and believe that you honor our prayer tonight, that you'll lift up someone this night that's just depressed and oppressed through violence. And, Lord, we ask you to meet the needs of each and every one of our listening audience tonight. And we ask you to bless our panel members that they'll be back next week safely. And, Lord, we ask you to bless uh, Joel Lewis on the Saturday show. He's done a wonderful, great job. We ask you to bless his wife, Lashonda, the host of this show. And we thank you for allowing us to bring the show on the air and to list how issues that affect our audience. And, Lord, we just want to thank you for being our Lord, our Savior, our way maker, our burden bearer. And, Lord, tonight we just thank you for all things. And we thank you for your promises. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for Jesus. These things we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you, Beverly, for that most gracious prayer. And we just ask that you could to continue to listen to us on Monday nights from 8 to 9 o'clock. We will be back on next Monday night with a new episode, so join us. My sister, my friend, we love you. Good night. Have a great day on tomorrow. God bless. Good night. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Amen. Bye-bye. Amen. Bye-bye.